Dog, I got a. Where did I put my remote? Oh, there you go. It's on the other side of the table over here. That's all. I just got to reach for it. Um, Hi, guys. Let me see if I wave if it does something. Damn, you put the hand up. It don't do nothing. Do like, hey, we get the thumbs up. And watch me search it's just us playing around with the little features and stuff and whatnot. It's keys. Nigga been drinking, so this might be fun. Uh huh. I've been drinking. Oh boy! Oh boy! Last one of the year, man. Oh boy! Lucky thirteen. Lucky episode thirteen. Is last one of the year and lucky thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Right. Right. So you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick it off right. Hello, YouTube. We do not own the rights to this music because we get this we off die. your website. But shout out to the Swisher House boys. Blowing on the endo, game to Nintendo, so you can see up in my window. It doesn't understand Man, you know what's crazy about this? I should have just told you just ride with the Paul Wall verse first. <laughs> hey, that whole song is my shit. Nah, we're gonna let this one ride under the under the, the first part of the show though. Huh. This, this song is so cold. Huh. But like what's funny is is um I'm looking at the video because of course we on YouTube and watching on YouTube. You know, make sure we stay all straight with the licensing and all that good stuff. Of course. And um Slim Thug got the long braids. Yeah, he got face the, and a little pencil mustache. My man got the fade down. Look, this this 20 years later, after this song was dropped, right? Uh-huh. He baldy look, he looked like me. Beard, oh, yeah, he do got the baldy. Baldy, now. you know what I'm saying? He's total opposite. Total opposite. Feel me? So it is it's kind of crazy sometimes when you be looking at stuff like this, like back in the day, do you look at it now? And I'm like, damn, like, bro, that's crazy. Like, for example, I was watching um, uh, WrestleMania 19, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Chris Jericho not, not long ago, right? Uh-huh. Mind you, I'm, I'm looking at Jericho on AEW in the way he looked now, where he, he looks like someone's, like, you know, aunt who's having like one of them late life crises or something. You know, sometimes Jericho be looking a little crazy. 
And then I look at Jericho back then. I'm like, damn, like dude was he was put together, you know. But you just and Shawn Michaels though. You look at Shawn Michaels now from back then. It's the only time the country in me come out. <laughs> Man, it's a classic right there. That song always no jam. Always. Always no jam. But uh here we are, last episode of the Why year, Lucky 13. And we we got we got some stuff to talk about, my boy. We got some stuff to talk man. about. A lot has been going on, man. NFL, NBA, uh 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 I ain't paid attention to hockey too much. Uh, like soccer's is, been wild. It's a lot. Bruh, it's it's been there's boxing. Like there's there's big just big fight, big fight weekend, big heavyweights. Bro, there's just a little bit of everything. Like we got a little hodgepodge and stuff. Um but yeah, like welcome in Sucio Sports episode number. 13 lucky 13 lucky 13 man lucky 13 my hometown in the 13th in new orleans uptown valley street chestnut represent you already but, know but um no nah, like it is it's been it's been crazy like just this whole football season and we 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 were saying like episodes ago like man, it's been a crazy like first four, five, six games. It's been a crazy like halfway point. Now we we get we going into week seventeen and we still saying the same shit. This has been a crazy 20, NFL season. Twenty six teams are still Super Bowl eligible right now. Twenty six. <laughs> if I remember correctly, the most since two thousand four. I believe I believe that's right. Twenty six. And, and wait, this is this is what would really like gets me about all of this. Everybody keep everybody keeps saying, I'm tired of the same teams winning. I'm tired of the same teams winning. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the same teams winning. I'm tired of the same teams winning. And then when you get all these different teams, now they're like, Well, there's no really good teams. Everybody's just kind of kind of mid. Everybody's just kind of mid. No, this is what parody looks like. This is what it looks like when you kind of level the playing field and and your your biggest money makers, uh, your teams with the biggest budgets and whatnot can't outspend the smaller market teams. This is what happens when you have a, a draft system in place where the worst teams get to pick the best players first. You know, this is what happens when you have, you know, a system where the, the teams who don't spend money and save money can spend money big on free agents when these guys come available. So this is the league as as the way the rules are intended for it to be played, and this is how it's playing out. I don't understand why people would be upset about seeing it like this. Right. But we had some we had some really like good it. matchups. I like it though. Week. I like the parody though because 
you don't know as of right now, to be completely honest, we can say most people are probably gonna say, ooh, excuse me, even after the game this weekend, it's still looking like Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. That's even after the thrashing, majority from what I've seen is still saying that that's gonna be the Super Bowl rematch uh in a few weeks or a month or so. Um, I could almost agree with that, but we've seen I've seen a Giants team crawl into the playoffs before barely make it and get to the Super Bowl at nine and seven. So I think the way the playoffs go, anybody, you got to look at who's getting hot at the end of the season, uh, who's been consistent and it's, it's going to be different. I don't think you're going to see, you're not, I don't, I definitely in the AFC wise, you're not going to see the chiefs. You're not. You don't think the chiefs make it there for Chiefs do not. Chiefs have way too many holes, and mm-hmm. I think they realize they have too many holes. But we talked about that in the beginning of the season. Um, amongst us and episode one, I stated I the Chiefs had a very hard road. AFC is stacked. Uh, as we see, the Ravens look like the best team in football, not just the AFC. They did just knock off the number one team in the NFC pretty convincingly at that. Oh, what so, up, Kyle? Yeah, it, it, it's why. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Like I'm uh, sitting here, like trying to pay attention to you, and I'm like, you know, it's crazy. Is this, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I should have known that was Kyle. It makes sense. Anyway, back to the it show. does. But like sense. you were saying, like they their holes are they have way too many mental mistakes and mental breakdowns that cost them games, especially coming yeah. from their wide receivers. Yeah, um, and wide receivers haven't shown up this entire second half of the season right from that eagle game on mm-hmm. uh and a little bit before that but especially since that that monday night game with the eagles uh chiefs wide receivers have been uh, non-existent uh i'll say travis kelsey has disappeared since we all found out about who he's dating and it's so he, crazy that he, he had that like way, but he had like he had like a, a a game or so where he was where he pretty was good up. and then he just it's been a he yeah. hasn't had a touchdown since. Yeah. He hasn't, yeah. I don't think he's had a touchdown in like five or six games. Something yeah. like that. Maybe four or five. Something like that though. So ever ever since it got like serious and the media really started harking mm-hmm. in on the whole Kelsey and Swift thing, like I'm gonna say it goes back to if I'm not mistaken, he took a trip to see her concert in Brazil or something. Yep. I gotta I gotta check the date of when that supposedly happened, but I'm almost certain his dip in play and production coincides with that uh that trip to Brazil. I'm all, I, I'm almost certain. I can't be for sure, but I'm almost certain. But when we're looking at the AFC, the Ravens have clearly established themselves as the going away, like we're number one. It's going to take somebody to knock us off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To 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 dethrone us. But right now, we're him as a collective. They are. Uh, the Dolphins have, they got some chinks in their armor as well. Uh, they they're kind of banged up. I think that's still going to be the AFC championship game. The Ravens-Dolphins? Uh, I think so. I like the Bills. The Bills are starting to click again. They are. 
they're they and are. they're clicking at again. They're turning on. They're turning it on at the right time. That that week, I always say week. Well, with eighteen now, <clears throat> it's key. Week fourteen to eighteen is always key. Yes, those last four to five games are definitely key, and the Bills are definitely turning it on at the right time. Um, I would say AFC wise, those are the three to me. Again, Chiefs maybe at at four. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else is just there. Like just to get beat up on, to yeah. Be honest. Anybody else who makes the playoffs outside of those four, um, is pretty much just there just to get you know fed to the wolf. So and we're, right now in the AFC, I'll go over it real quick at a glance for everybody. Uh, we're looking at Ravens with the one seed. They would have a bye. Uh, if playoffs started right now, it would be uh, the Dolphins hosting the the uh, Colts. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chiefs would host the Bills. That would be very interesting for obvious reasons. Very- I like and that. the Jags would host the Browns as of right now. I like I like that too because that's more yeah. of a. I think the Jags should win that easily, um, but uh, the Browns have not looked too bad uh, with the who they got at quarterback right now. So yeah, um, I Flacco think has been Flacco's been lighting it up, and yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I kind of. Uh, like okay, seeing it up close in person uh, this weekend because I, I covered the Texans Brown game this weekend, but watching it from afar is one thing. Mm-hmm. Seeing it up close in person was different. The only thing that I say about his performance this past weekend was that the Texans were missing a lot of their defensive firepower either to start the game or during that game. Uh, because Jimmy Ward went out, uh, Jalen Petrie had some um, some brain farts and got taken out of the game, uh, evidently. And you know, it, it was just it was a lot going on. Um, D'Amico even said it in in his post game press conference that they don't move Stingley around, they don't move their corners around, they kind of play them where they play them, whether they play a man or zone, they just play them on their side of the field. Uh, so there were some adjustments that could have, probably should have been made. It just didn't get made. But I say all that to say, like, Flacco has found something that works for him in that offense, and he knows how to take advantage of it. And he's not going to be that guy that's going to always force something somewhere and is going to cost you a game. He's that guy that's going to play well enough to, you know, keep you in a game maybe win you a game if you get some different type of performances from the other team, which they got some favorable matchups and and some bad routes and whatnot and took advantage of some blown coverages and whatnot against the Texans. And, you know, that's exactly how it went down. And looking at that AFC South uh, picture, it's real tight. Uh, Eight and seven for the top three teams. Well, the three teams, Jaguars, Colts, Texans. Yes. Uh, These last two weeks are going to be very key for all three of them. Um, Texans have a chance to to still slide in, especially with picking up Kareem Jackson uh, from uh, the Broncos at safety uh, yesterday. Very, very dope key pickup for them. Well, see, here's here's one thing that I will point out for them about the whole uh, Jalen Petrie thing. Um, On that go route up the left sideline in front of their own sideline for Amari Cooper. Um, Amari had an amazing day. What up, Dre? 
I, I, I oh, see your God. stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to your comments in a second, Dre. But um, what happened was um, I'll I'll give credit to where credits do. Uh, Clint, I think it was Clint. Yeah, Clint Sterner here on uh, Sports Radio 16 here in Houston. He pointed it out. I kind of saw it, but I don't remember it until I went back and watched the the replay of the touchdown, and that's when I saw it. But he pointed it out that uh, Petrie, I believe, was supposed to play single high safety on that play. Uh, there was a deep uh, dig or in route to break into the middle of the field by Njoku that he jumped on that he shouldn't have. He's supposed to stay up high, and if that play develops in front of him, keep it in front of him. That way he can help out on either sideline. He bit on that deep dig, that deep in-breaking route by Njoku, and left, um, believe it was uh, Thomas. I can't remember the guy's name. But he he left that, that corner one-on-one with Cooper on that sideline. There was no help over the top. And had he been there, if he didn't make the interception, make the force the breakup or something like that, he could have at least gotten over to make the tackle and, and not have a touchdown being scored right there. So it was some time after that play, they believe, is when D'Amico decided to sit Petrie. But having Kareem back there, Kareem isn't as much of a cover guy as he used to be, even though I know he came into the league as a corner first-round draft pick by the Texans. But yep, yep, he's been suspended lately for being more of a headhunter. And honestly, sometimes having a guy back there that has some coverage skills is kind of fading a little bit, but knowing that he may knock your head off too, that makes receivers reconsider a lot of shit. They make business decisions when going across the middle. Uh-huh, because they know he's going he gonna to lay that boom. Bro, like... And we when, see what happened with AB when somebody lays the boom. That's, bro, we, we, we keep talking about it all the time. Like, and, and, and I got a good buddy of mine that I, I always talk football with, um, Stanford. We got to get you on the show, bro. Like, I know we text about it, we talked about it or whatever. But I got to get you on the show. But he and I talked about it. And, and like he used to say, like, as a corner, when you know you have that kind of help over the top or wherever that help is coming from, you know you can shade that receiver there and he's going to get alligator arms going for the ball because he knows help is coming. Help is really coming in the form of, you know what, maybe it's best if I just let this one go. Because I'm I'm trying to see, you know, 50, 60 and still be able to walk and talk and have all my faculties about myself. Exactly. I, I like for my brain to not get rattled. Right. Not to have uh applesauce for brains. Because right. coming across that middle, man, I I I have personally felt it. Uh Bro. it may have been freshman year of high school, but still I felt it. And uh it made me stop playing football. Call me what you want. <laughs> But Love. I didn't play, didn't play another down after that hit. The Dre says Kareem game. Jackson is last of a dying breed. Hard-nosed football, hard knocks, big hits, going to miss him in Denver. I, I And I knew you would. I, I knew the Denver rules, would. Man, I knew Denver would. The rules make it – and I've seen so many players, old and new, even say it, though. The rules make it so hard for defensive players because we all watch football. We all watch the games. In mm-hmm. that game speed, when you have a receiver or even a running back that catches and then they get low, you don't have enough time to try to get lower. 
So you end up catching them like in the head or something like that. Now you don't got a penalty or, and especially when it happens so often now, like Kareem Jackson or even like, uh, what's the Steelers player that got uh, suspended too? Um, oh, um, oh, I can't, gosh, think his I can't name. remember his name, but yeah. I, it, it's, Same thing. Like you have a stigma around you now and it's not mm-hmm. your fault when it's not a lot you can do in real game speed when that offensive player is getting low and it's hard for you to get try to get lower where you're not going to hurt yourself in game speed again it's hard to pull up and pull back and not get hit or right. not you know hurt yourself or somebody else so i don't know i miss old football though man <laughs> i do I, man the the, the thing the, is like i i and i get it i, got, I definitely get it for safety reasons Right. And I love that about the lead that the uh Demonte Kazee. It was that it was that play against uh the Colts. I had to look it up because I, I, I knew his name was like hard to pronounce or whatever. So that's why I wanted to make sure I didn't want to butcher his okay. name or nothing like that because my name is Jermaine and I be pissed when people call me Jeremy, Jeremiah, and like Jeremy, Jerome, like how the fuck you do you see Jermaine and call me all that other shit? Like, I get please so don't do many that. different variations of Deshaun. Oh my god! But I get everything but Deshaun. That'd be the wild <laughs> shit. Like it's spelled Deshaun. It's, it's spelled clear as day. Right. They call me everything but that. James it, Harrison used to get penalized a lot too for his hits. He did. Yeah. James Harrison was a fucking dog. Him uh recently uh uh what's his name? Vontez Burfick famously on A B in the playoffs yeah. for the Bengals. Uh Vontez used to get fined all the time. All the uh, time. But like dogs. They were dogs though. I, I grew up watching guys like Ronnie Lott and Steve Atwater and John Lynch, you know, and Chris Dishman and you know, um, you know, those guys from that era. And and they would lay you out and and wouldn't care, you know. And then that was just the way the game was played back then. And now it's like there's illegal contact. Like if if I put my hands on you anywhere down the field more than five yards from the line of scrimmage, literally they can throw a flag and call a penalty. So it, it, it's like you you can't you can't touch a guy. But then on that play where they got where Demonte because he got suspended, I believe it was Michael Pittman was like laying out for the ball, and I think it was. he kind of like lowered his shoulder and was just trying to hit him with his shoulder, and they end up like flagging him for a defenseless receiver and all that other kind of stuff, and it's just like, bro, like if, bro, I put it to you like this. If, if an offensive player is contorting himself and moving himself in a certain manner and a defensive player has already taken a certain position and, and an angle point at him, like, he shouldn't get penalized for a heat-of-the-moment type of play. Like, there should be – like, if you penalize him, okay. But, like, go and review that before you just throw him out of the game. And if you throw exactly. him out of the game – Someone else should be constantly reviewing that to say, like, hey, did we make a mistake by throwing this guy out the game? You know? And most of the time, if, I, if I'm correct, they do because they have the the refs in New York that are always watching all the games. But right, it, uh, a lot of times, they, they even they get it wrong. They get it wrong a lot of times, too. So Yeah, because there was um, – there was even – 
a play in the NBA recently where it was an out of bounds play, I believe, on the baseline, where a guy was straight up in bounds and they called him out. There was a play, I want to say, in a Texans game. Was this before Tang Dell was hurt? Or was it someone else? Anyway, but there was a play on the sideline where he was clearly in bounds. Refs called him out. But that's going back to like we've talked about before where just the refs in football mainly this season so far. Not as much in basketball. It's kind of weird, but mainly in football, they've just been terrible. Bad calls and, and, and poor officiating and everything like all the way around in, in, in football. Uh, Dre says, every Ray Lewis, Sean Taylor, Brian Dawkins. Yeah, though all those guys would be, they would Ooh, be B-Dawk? heavily, heavily flagged. B-Dawk? Heavily Ed, flagged. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, and B-Dawk alone. Oh Bro, Palomalu. Troy, yep. Troy. What? Bro. I mean, we, we talking about some of the all-time greats, and some of these guys we named are Hall of Famers. And whatnot. I believe all these guys are Hall of Famers that he named. But um, the game is played differently now, and it's more about speed, athleticism, and especially change of direction. Because you don't even have to be very fast or very quick. If you can just change direction and flip those hips and whatnot and, and, and get back up to that top speed with your acceleration, like that means more than just straight line speed. Like, if a guy has crazy change of direction, crazy fluidity in his hips, and he can, you know, uh, change speeds and get back up to speed quickly, that's more value than, okay, he ran a 4-2 in the 40. That 4-2 in the 40 only counts if you run in one route. If you're like a gunner on a punt return team or something like that, a punt coverage team, I'm sorry, or, or kick coverage team, that's the only time straight line speed helps you in the NFL. Yep. Outside of that, it's more about everything else outside of that straight line speed. So it is what it is. Uh, going over the NFC playoff picture right quick, since we went over the AFC, over in the NFC. A little more interesting on the NFC side right now. It's, it, it's crazy because we legit got four teams with a shot at the number one seat. So one of those four teams is actually the five seed in the Cowboys because they're uh, not leading the division. <laughs> so if the playoffs started today in the NFC, real quick, just to go over this so we can get into it right quick, is uh the 49ers would have the bye. Uh-huh. Eagles would host the Seahawks. And I like the rematch. I was waiting for my son to come down here, but I I'm, yeah, let me yeah. text tell him, him again. Tell him let's talk about this. <laughs> tell him let's talk about this. I forgot to tag him earlier, but we'd have the I reposted, I reposted something earlier that had like uh-huh. I gotta look at what page I reposted it on, but it has showed like the scenarios for the Eagles to get the number one. Mm-hmm. I think I reposted it on our on our Susio page. Let me go switch. But it was like a wild, a easy scenario, pretty much. It was basically like uh, the Eagles have to win out their last two games against the Cardinals and then Giants again. Uh, Cowboys have to beat the beat the Lions, and the 49ers have to lose one of le- of the last two games. I believe it was. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of 
there's but the, but the thing is is like we we have let me finish going over that while you look that up right quick okay we got 49ers with the bye eagles hosting the seahawks we'd have the lions hosting the rams which would be a huge revenge game for jared goff uh-huh. And we would have the Bucks hosting the Cowboys, which I, to me personally, that outs that is one of the more interesting first round matchups. Is that Bucks Very. hosting the Cowboys? Very. Because the Bucks are the the tallest little person in the NFC South, basically, because uh-huh. all of those teams are terrible. They just happen to be the the best of the most terrible. Yeah. Then you got the Cowboys who are legit like a game or two out of being the number one seed in the whole NFC, but they're the fifth seed because they're still behind the Eagles. Yep. And they, they're terrible on the road. Horrible on the road. So, and, and, and on top of them being on the road, they're playing on the road outside on grass to add to all of that. Like, so we're just piling one thing on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next. And it's like this shitty lasagna for the Cowboys to have to go on the road in the first round and play Tampa. Uh, The other really interesting matchup in that first round. Well, I mean, all three of the first round matchups are interesting with the Eagles and the Seahawks. And then you got the Lions would be hosting the Rams. Right. That Lions-Rams is just... Is just dope because they they literally traded quarterbacks. They exactly in a couple years. Exactly, we got one quarterback goes to the goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl. We got the other one now with the Lions at the what third best team in the NFC now, which mm-hmm. is crazy. And they have a chance to like, like Goff has a chance to like show the Rams like, hey, you should have stuck with me, bro. <laughs> and not wait, the Lions just won a division for the first time and literally. 30 years. It's not even. It's been since, since uh, 1993. I'm about to say since Barry. They've never won the NFC North. That's how long it's been since the Lions have won a division that it's the NFL has had realignment and it, it's a name to a whole new division that they're in right now. It's literally been Green Bay, Minnesota, Bears for 30 years. For 30 years. Green Bay yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But Minnesota for a long time with Dante Culpepper and Randy mm-hmm. Moss up there. Then the Bears had it for a, for a good. You had game. Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, Dante Culpepper up there. Yep. Then you also had you had a couple of years with the Bears with Sexy Rexy taking them taking them to a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. With that defense and and, and Erlacher and all of them and Devin Hester. Ooh, that defense was amazing. Nasty, nasty. Amazing. Peanut Tillman, uh, Lance <sighs> Briggs. Um, all those guys. They, they linebacker core was crazy. Right. It was stupid. They they crazy had scary. at one point, uh, who was the there there was another linebacker there. It was a middle linebacker. No, it was another it was right. another outside linebacker. I want to yeah. say Erlacher was in the middle, Briggs was on one side, and it was a uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they they were literally talking about them. Uh, being in competition with the guys that the Ravens had when they had uh, uh, Ray Lewis, uh, Peter Bowlware, uh, Jamie oh Sharper, God. and mm-hmm. uh, it was somebody else because they ran that they, they they ran two different versions. They had a three four that they would run, but then they also had this four three because they had the two big fat guys, Sam Adams and Tony Saragusa up the middle, 
And yep. the linebackers yeah, would just roam free because you, you had to double team. Fat yeah, you had to double team both of the tackles. Then you had McCrary on one side, and and, and sometimes Bowware would rush on the other side. So it was like, who the, who who do we block? Who do we block? But they, there's just some really interesting matchups going on in the first round if the playoffs started today. Um, is there a team outside of the playoff picture right now, just on the outside looking in, that you think has a shot to make it into that top seven? Either conference. Uh, NFC or AFC? Oh, either conference? Either one. Um, let me see. Stand in. The AFC, I think the AFC West is very interesting. Um, that AFC North, the fact that all four teams have winning records right now, <laughs> they are Raven, still pulling it in the together. hunt. And They're three of the four teams are on backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Some of them are on third string. Uh, yeah. Browns is on third string. Yeah. Steelers are on third string. No, actually, uh, the Bengals, Browns have played four different quarterbacks this year. Is it four? Okay. So they played four. I, I think I just saw that. Ten and five. Ten yeah. and five with yeah. four different. Bro. Because um, they've had four else? different guys win a game for them this year. I would say the Texans. If I'm looking at the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans, just because that Jaguars, Colts, Texans, that, that AFC South has been so up and down between the three of them. Um, I, and like that's I said, why I didn't I like say the, it yet. I wanted somebody I else like to say the, it. I like the Kareem. Again, I, as I said, I like the Kareem Jackson pickup for them on defense. Um, it shows that they're trying to be serious these last two weeks and, and make that push to get in. Right. Um, to, to try at least to control their own destiny by winning. Because mm-hmm. if you win, it helps. If you lose, you know, hands in the air, there's nothing you can do. You try it, you know. Um, on the NFC side, you said outside looking in, that possibly, um, see, Rams and the Colts are, I mean, Rams and Seahawks are in right now. I don't think anybody in the NFC North, I don't see Vikings, Packers, or Bears. I mean, Vi- well, yeah, even the Bears at 6-9. I would say it would have to be an NFC South team. And right now, the way everybody's playing down there, man. Yeah, it, it's... I would say Saints. I would say Saints have the best chance of possibly sneaking in out of that outside looking in. I still don't believe in Ritter. I love the... I like the... I'm going to say love. I really like the Falcons' offense. I just don't think they have the right quarterback yet. And once mm-hmm. they find the right quarterback with that offense, mm-hmm. I think they can run the NFC South. I like them more than I like the Bucks. But I will say, as I said all year, it is looking like tentatively, let me use their words, tentatively, <laughs> that uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be back next year, which is great for him. Year two in that offense. Eight and seven this year. I think and, and we've talked about it privately, but that, and we'll, you know, after we talk about this, we'll get into it a little more. But Mike Evans potentially, where he didn't resign, so he is going to be a free agent once the mm-hmm. season is over. Yep. If they cannot convince him to stay, 
which I think at this point he wants to go to a contender. He smelled a Super Bowl. He wants to get back. Mm-hmm. This Bucks team may not be that team right now, but we've seen again Giants nine and seven have won Super Bowls. So hey, I think they got in at eight and eight one year and they won. So uh the thing is, they, is you have to get hot. And you said this earlier, you have to get hot at the right time. 14 to If you get hot at the right, right time, you can go forward and you can build something and you can, you know, you, you it's just like in the NCAA tournament when it comes to basketball. Them teams and, getting hot at the end of the season going into right. the tournament. Always. All you need to do is win six straight and you win yep. a national title. You just need to go on a six-game winning streak. Six. It just so happens to be against the best competition you faced all season. But you, if you just focus on we need to win six straight, one game at a time, uh-huh. that's what you can do. NFL playoffs, same thing. I need, what, three, four games, depending on where I'm at, where I'm slotted at. Do I have a bye or do I not? I need to go on a four-game winning streak to close out my season, bring home a trophy. Let's take it one game at a time. Let's focus. You know, and so when you have that mindset and you keep that like at the forefront of everything, that lets you know, like, okay, I can stay focused on our goal because we had a goal of, you know, uh, winning division, making the playoffs. Uh, okay, now that we were in the playoffs, let's take it game by game, you know, and you break your goals down into smaller goals. And it's like, okay, smaller goals is week by week, play by play, you know series by series or whatever, let's break this down and let's, you know, take over. And not just that, I had an old head tell me, I think I, I, I think I briefly talked about it, but I don't, oh, ran into an old head Eagle fan uh, and Little Caesars a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the way he broke it down to me, because we were talking, and I was like, man, it's been a rough season. He said, yeah, but he said, you can't look at the past. You got to look at next week. Mm-hmm. He said, you got to, like you just said, you got to take it a game at a time. You celebrate or you or you hawk on that win or loss, and by Tuesday going into Wednesday, it's a new week, and you focus on that new opponent. Because guess what, you're you're zero zero. You're not Dude, whatever it, you're, you're you're not whatever your record is. You're zero zero because it's a whole new week. It's a whole exactly. new game, and you got to look at it almost like you look at the playoffs. Because one game and you're out. And the thing is, is like, I don't think people realize like they always they always want to look so far in the future and it's like no you can't you can't be so far ahead of the game where you're looking at it and you're like well we need to do this and we need to do that and blah 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 like no like you have to break it down like who do you have this week you can't be thinking about planning for the future when you're in a struggle to just barely make the playoffs, you have to exhaust all possibilities. The only teams who can afford to slip up at this time of the year are teams who have big leads. Like, let's say if there was a team that was like only had one loss right now, right? They could afford to slip like a two, maybe a three loss team. Right. You got one or two losses. Even the top teams that are like us, uh, for Eagles, 49ers, like those 11, you press that goddamn button, I swear to God. 11, bro, I'm, 11 I don't even four. have my hand on the button, bro. I, I'm looking at the damn standings. 
it was. I'm looking at the standings because the Eagles number two right now. Yeah. So a lot of those eleven and four teams, uh, like in the NFC between, what is it? The the um, Eagles, 49ers, Dallas, and the Lions are all eleven and four. Uh, four nineers, Eagles, Lions, eleven and four, Cowboys are ten and five. Ten and five. So even at ten and five with them, mm-hmm. these last two weeks are critical for everybody because nobody can afford to take a loss because they're gonna slip between one to five. Mm-hmm. That one to five is, and honestly, the four is pretty much uh is is the Bucks to that's either gonna be Bucks or Saints or Falcons like. It, None of them are gonna get there. It's the tallest little person. Yeah. I like, so, I, I, and I'm and I'm trust me, I'm I'm not knocking little people or nothing like that. It's like the the blackest, the darkest member of the family, or the lightest skinned member of the family, or the, the whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at one point, I was the tallest person my little cousin knew until he went to a two lane basketball game. He was like, "Man, I didn't know there was anybody taller than Jermaine that that ever lived." Like, that's, that's just what it is. But yeah, any of those teams can slip from one, two, three, and five right now. Like Dallas easily could move from five back up to two because of our division. Yep. Um uh 49ers and Lions can flip flop at any point. So, like I said, those last two weeks are very critical for all four of those two teams, not two, all four of those teams um going into the playoffs because at this point now, seeding is everything. Everybody wants that number one seed because nobody, everybody wants to be at home the entire way through. Um, especially a team like Dallas needs to be at home clearly uh, all the way through because, or at least get into that two where they're mm-hmm. hosting until they meet, uh, you know, the number one team. So, and the number two seed is just as key as the number one, if you want to be honest. Yeah. Now, the one thing, and I know, um, that we got to get into it. It's, it's not really like on field related, but it's kind of on field related, off field related, but the whole Russell Wilson saga that dropped today. So if you haven't heard the news, uh, basically there was a difference of philosophy that came up and Russ was approached about uh, restructuring his contract. And the Broncos supposedly, allegedly said that if if you don't restructure your contract, like we're going to sit you for the rest of the season and we're going to cut you after the season. And you're only going to be left with this 80 some odd million that we have guaranteed. Uh, because of the way his contract is structured, the reason why they're, they were trying to sit him is uh, so that they don't run the risk of him getting hurt. Uh-huh. What happens is he has 80 something million already guaranteed remaining on his contract, but it can be split up, right? Had he gotten hurt anytime this season and he he cannot pass that physical in March when he has to pass that physical for that that trigger in his contract it would trigger him to be guaranteed that full 30 that other 37 million almost immediately Uh um he's already guaranteed 39 it would automatically guarantee another 37 right then and there at that at that time 
for that roster bonus or whatever you want to call it. So that's why the Broncos said, nah, we ain't even about to put ourselves in that situation. We want to be able to cut you after June 1st and be able to split this 80 or, you know, 70 some, 80 some million dollar cap hit over two seasons instead of having it hit on one season if we decide to cut you. So that that kind of gives you a little bit of a background of an idea why they're they're wanting to move forward without Russ. They signed him to a horrible contract, and they were just trying to figure out how the hell can we get out of this situation and this horrible. contract as 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 clean as possible. And that's why they're doing what they're doing, so that way they protect themselves from having to pay out all of that money right then and there up front in March, as opposed to stretching it out over two seasons. Uh, so they would have like a. 39 40 sub million dollar cap hit one season and then like a third another 30 sub million dollar cap hit the following season mm-hmm. um i believe that would be the largest dead money cap hit in nfl history um and it just goes to show you that regardless of the way his stats look this season there evidently was some other things you know playing out behind the scenes that Two years in. Exactly. The Broncos just were like, okay, you know what? It's time to shit get off the pot. And basically they decided, you know what? We get off the pot because we ain't shitting. So we just going to leave it how it is. And I get it. But at the same time, uh, I believe someone brought this up earlier on the ESPN uh, radio national broadcast. They said, you know, some people think that Sean Payton may have taken that job wanting to make sure Russell Wilson was going to be there and was going to be signed, blah, 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 blah. But they brought up the fact that what if Sean Payton took that job and the assurances he got was, hey, if he's not my guy, are you okay with getting rid of this guy and taking this cap hit? Are you going to be willing to keep me beyond this season? So on and so forth. So that was that was one of the things that they they raised as a question or a talking point earlier. And there's the other intern. Her team is fighting for the number one pick, so we ain't even. She don't get to be on the pop. She ain't got no shit to talk about. She a Panthers fan? Cardinals. Oh, they suck. Oh, but she, she yeah, her 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 high school. Team, oh, hold on. Just, they, so they I got, won a game tonight. <laughs> so one intern, we play their team this weekend, and then the yes. other intern, we might see their team in the playoffs. Yes. Oh, that's, oh, that's sad. Yes. yes. It's okay. Y'all yeah. be okay. Yeah, we need new interns. <laughs> <laughs> they going to cry in the car. They going to cry in the car. They going to cry in the car. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, man, it, it's like it, – it's just crazy because – like you you see all these teams and you see how they're playing and you're wondering like you know what what's going to really happen when all this when it boils down to it and you get a team like Denver with a quarterback like Russ and you're thinking okay now they've brought in Sean Payton uh what's up Sloan? and you're thinking like okay now they're going to take off right and they don't and then they don't and then they look like they about to get something going and then they do. And then they stop. And then it's now it's like, all right, we got to should get off the pot. Fish or cut bait. Like, all right, it's time to cut bait. Like, let's move on. 
it's a business decision. So all of the course. people getting all up in their feelings about it, like get over it because it's a business decision. And you can try to compare his numbers to Patrick Mahomes all you want. And Russ, you can like that post all you want. But the bottom line is, is when you come into an organization and you do the things you do and say the things that you say and you're you're about all this change and this rah-rah stuff and then you don't deliver on the field. And sure, you had Nathaniel Hackett last year, but you had Sean Payton this year. Right. And you you were pretty good at some points, but you still weren't cutting the mustard. So at, at, at some point, they have to be like, okay, where do we see ourselves going if we keep this guy? Okay, well, what can we do if we get rid of this guy? So it's like if 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 I see my future better off short and long term, if I get rid of you and I just take this big, massive cap hit and pay you off and just be done with you, as opposed to trying to keep you and work with you, that tells me and you you're having the type of season you're having, you know, putting up the numbers you're putting up or whatever, however, the, the rust defenders try to say. That tells me that there's more to it than just what we're seeing with our eyes on the field and on these stats and whatnot. There's things going on behind the scenes that must be contributing to the disintegration of this relationship because there's no way that a guy is supposedly that good. And this team was what? Uh, where are the Broncos at? Uh, it's seven and eight. You know, you're you're in the mix for one of those last playoff spots. If if, if a few things Barely. change here and there for your team, you're on the fringes of competing for a playoff spot if some things are changed. And they're really willing to take the largest dead money cap hit in NFL history to get rid of you and move Just on. To get rid of you says a lot. Where there's smoke, there's fire. People just trust and believe. Like the the stories have been out there about him with the own office and. The don't talk to me and you got to talk to my, you know, my publicist and all that to get a hold of me. They didn't have his phone number to call him directly in Seattle. Like all of this stuff has been out there for the last few years. So unless you've uh -huh. been hiding under a rock or purposefully not paying attention, like the signs have been on the wall. All the corny jokes and all that simping, you know, is here and all that to the side, like. Russ, as a football player and a teammate, has been called into question for a very long time. And now I guess it's gotten to the point where, you know, there's another team that's evidently had enough of him and are willing to go through unbelievable measures to get rid of him. So I'm just saying it it can't always be everybody else. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. Yeah, and this is two teams in a row because you wanted out of you for whatever reason you wanted out of Seattle. Mm -hmm. You traded to, to the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Broncos ain't give up too much to get you. I think I still think Noah Fant was a a very key a tight end. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, tight ends are so key, very so, valuable so key to your success. And giving up Noah Fant was a no no in my opinion. But even without that. That the makeup of that team is still really dope. A lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Yeah, they, in they got some injuries. But even in year two, it hasn't been that injury prone. They bring in a high level quarter um um head coach and Sean Payton because they believe in you. 
and you they said Hackett was the problem. Cool. We gonna hack Hackett and we gonna get <laughs> you know, we gonna bring in Peyton. So what's the problem? Well he'll be in Washington, but he'll be in Washington next year. He'll be I a, think he'll Washington, be a commander. Atlanta, Minnesota. I like him in Atlanta. With that O line, they got a not they don't have a bad line. I think one of those teams would pick him up. Um especially because if you think about it, like Minnesota won't have a bad enough record to draft one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, so they'd have to go with, you know, somebody else. Um with a veteran. Yeah, I think that they may, you know, opt for the veteran route. Because like they were that, just with, in the playoffs recently. Yeah, that, that O line now that O line is ready with the running game that they have with Madison, with Addison, with Jettas, with Hawkinson, yes. who's gonna who went down uh this weekend with the season Bro, I was, when he when I saw that hit to his knee, I was like, Ooh, that looked kind of bad, but then he popped right back up. Adrenaline. So you're thinking he's gonna be fine, man. Adrenaline. In my soul. soul. That's what happened. That's exactly it was adrenaline in that man's soul. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. He channeled Cody Rose and he and and I watched that replay in slow motion and in real time. And I'm still like, how the hell did he tear up his knee on that play and like just pop right back up like he did? It was crazy. ACL, MCL. I think it was just ACL and MCL. If if it was the PCL, that's even worse uh, because that's the I want to say the ligament on the outside of the knee, uh, and that's the one that that lessens your chance of a full recovery. I, I know because um, my little cousin he tore his up. Uh, he was offensive and defensive lineman. He tore his up towards the end of his senior year in in high school. And I think it was a D2 or D3 school that had offered him a scholarship in Arkansas. Pulled the scholarship. Mm. Yeah. Damn. That's some shady shit. But uh, I remember um, his mom was telling me, she was like, look, she was like, when when they told me about the PCL and how much that lowered his chances, I was really scared and everything for him. But, you know, he wasn't worried about it. You know how little Mike is. And I was like, yeah, he just like his daddy, you know, but. That PCL, I learned, and I knew this before, but just seeing him go through that process, surgery, rehab, and all of that, and then one of my other cousins, he's a little bit older than me, um, he's gone through uh, the reconstructive knee surgery and stuff like that a couple times, and he was like, yeah, that, when he said, when you tear that PCL along with the ACL and stuff, he was like, it's way worse. He's like, I'd rather just tear my ACL again than to ever tear my PCL once. And when he said that, anything, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> anything that got to do with the knee, man. Any of it is. Bro. And I've been there. It's it's horrible. The it's only the one worst. I think that rivals that, he told me, was the Achilles. And he sent Harry me pictures Achilles. of that one. Oh, brother. I watched uh, all brother, the Kobe brother, documentaries. Brother, Especially, um, which one was it the one where they were? The Muse. I think it's the Muse one. Where they were talking about his recovery mm, when he uh I, I think, think it was I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. And that's the one I was just like when I seen him rehabbing, uh-huh. Like you pretty much are like walking is uh it's 
it, it's it's so and that's why I like seeing Aaron Rodgers like walk even with assistance and then walk without assistance, you know, even limping just to see him, you know, that quickly post-surgery mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Achilles is amazing because when I, I still can like vividly picture like the back of my cousin's leg opened up from his heel to up to his calf, you know, basically mm-hmm. almost. And, you know, when you see that thick of a ligament just like rip the shreds and how they have to pull it and sew all of that back together and then sew everything else back up and sew all of it back together. And then you got to think about it. Okay, now that they've actually sewn all this flesh and ligaments and tendon and muscle and shit back together, this shit got to heal. And not only does this shit have to heal, now you have to learn how to walk on it and run on it and cut on it again. Like, And that, that last one right there, that's the biggest part for a lot of athletes. No matter Bingo. what sports you play, there basketball, there's cuts. Football, soccer, baseball. Bro, I you gotta think be able one to of plant. the worst to me. That plant. To me, one of the worst sports to have to try to come back from that type of injury would have to be either ice skating or ice hockey. Because you gotta think about it. When you're ice skating and, and skating for hockey. Mm. Look at where you're pushing off at to skate. You know, that that is all foot and ankle That's action. True. Foot and ankle action. So That's true. It, it, it's 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 insane the amount of punishment and everything that these athletes put their bodies through and then to have an injury and then have to go through surgery on top of that. And then you got people like us out here like, oh, this guy's a bum. And, oh. This is why they get so pissy and they get in y'all mentions and they fight back on Twitter and they have burner accounts and shit. Because, like, I know I may be critical, highly critical of some of these pro athletes and whatnot, but at the same time, I know what they put their bodies through. You know what I'm saying? And and I know what those aches and pains and things like that feel like. I may not know it to that level that they experience, but nah, I'm like, uh-uh, uh, A-Hun ain't been the same since he fucked his up. Bro, like, trust me, I know. Like I said, soccer the same. You got to be able to make those cuts, those pivots, everything. You got to be able to plant well. In soccer, they're on their feet the whole entire fucking time. Like, you don't get a break. Yeah, you don't get a break. It's not like, you just be like, hey, nigga, timeout, TV timeout, whatever. No, no, ain't. No. Even for they keep playing through no. TV time. <laughs> yes. Even Nigga, through the they don't have TV, right. they have picture in picture uh, commercials in soccer. Like for the you, most don't, part you, they don't, do. you don't get that shit. <laughs> you don't you don't get them TV timeouts and let's not take until halftime. Gatorade and, 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 and chill for a second. You don't get not that until the half. You definitely have to like learn to stay hydrated because there's no time. There's no subs because in soccer, of course, if you get subbed out, you're out the game altogether. Right. Like you're done for the day. So there's right. no you have to be able to go a whole half with no drink, no nothing, have time, rehydrate yourself to go the entire second half nonstop. And when we talk about like conditioning and whatnot, I think NBA athletes are some of the best conditioned athletes on the planet. I believe so. Because yeah. to run up and down that 94 by 53 court. 
up and down the court. I know there's breaks and timeouts and shit like that in the game. But just like the amount of stress that they put on their bodies is unbelievable. Um, Looking at the NBA right now and just basketball in general, because, I mean, we got a bunch of other stuff that we can get into with the with, with basketball, because I know we got some college basketball, a couple of college basketball, like many women's. Uh, that we wanted to touch on real quick, but one of the biggest things uh, going on right now in the NBA that people, I mean, I'm hearing some people talk about, but not really many people are paying attention to, but was that Mark Cuban, uh, the sale of that, that large stake that he had in the Maverick was actually finalized today. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so the the numbers were kind of like uh, worked out, or uh, I forgot the, what the original numbers were. What it was was um, it says the purchase is at a valuation in excess of four billion dollars. Uh, Mark Cuban says nothing's really changing except my bank account. <laughs> uh, I feel really good. I think it's a great partnership. It's with the team he's still, on the court and off. Because he still owns the team and it brings more money in. He, yeah, he still more. he's yeah he still owns a portion of the team. He says I still be overseeing the basketball side of it, but having a partner like uh, Patrick and Sivian and Miriam and their ability to build and to redevelop the arena and whatever comes next beyond that just puts us in a much better position to compete. That's all. That's what it comes down to. And a lot of times it is. Sometimes you have to give up that majority stake for it. But mm-hmm. I mean, he still has a, a nice. Um, uh, a it nice says he still maintains a twenty-seven percent stake of the Mavericks ownership, yeah, and, and, and will serve as the team's alternate governor. So yeah, uh, the the Adelson Group they'll have their primary governor, and then he'll be like the backup dude, basically. Uh-huh. So that that was one of the bigger things that's going on in the NBA that just literally happened uh, today as well. Uh, One of the other crazier things was uh, came out that Aaron Gordon got 21 stitches from some dog bite, bro. From a dog bite. I was like, what? Who dog was it? Couldn't have been his. I don't I don't know, man. But like. I've heard of of people being attacked by their own dogs, um, but it's always to me seemed like it came from a situation of you were probably abusing that dog, and then that dog fought back, Something or like you know the dog's like instinct kicked in, and you did something that kind of made that dog want to defend itself, and it attacked you. It didn't really want to, but like it's still a wild animal. Their instincts are still going to kick in, even though that's your supposed best friend or your pet, your kid, whatever you want to call it. Like it's still an animal. They still have instinct, so you have to be careful. Uh, it says he's in good condition, but will remain away from the team. There is no concrete timeline for his return, but there's optimism that his presence will be short term. Uh, source told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Man, it's yeah, that, just that whole thing was weird. And it was a family was dog. It, it, was it, it was a family dog. When it doesn't I say whether or not earlier. it was his or whose. It just says a family dog. 
Yeah, when I seen the story earlier, I was like, oh, that's some freak accident shit, too. Because he, he, and then he just had a crazy game on uh, Christmas Day. So for that to like happen right after that is like wild. Yeah, man. It, it was, it, it's, it's sad. But I mean, the good thing is, is like, it wasn't like, you know, life threatening or, career, or yeah, season ending, career, career ending, ending or anything. anything like that. So that was still good. Um, the Pistons. Ooh, Just... The Pistons. Bro, let me tell you something funny. Right before we got on, I was looking up tickets because I was like, I was like, hold on. The Wizards suck. The Pistons <laughs> suck. When do they play again? I know I can give me some floor. I know I can give me some floor seats for like the low. <laughs> Bro, the way you said it, he said Pistons suck. The Wizards suck. Probably give me some cheap floor seats. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it, it, bro, twenty-seven in a row in one season, though. Like, how do you do that? And I mean, you were talking about it uh, last night or yesterday or whatever, and you were like they were in a lot of those games. That was the crazy thing was the fact that they were in some of those games and whatnot, and they still could not like just pull it out. Um, I just remember like looking at the game and stuff and the highlights of the game from last night. And I'm like, okay, they're going to pull this one out. And it was like, nope. They ain't got it in them, Brick Dog. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't got it in them. And they end up losing that game to, to the Nets, 118-112. Uh, hey, Cunningham had a game. I mean, Cade went off for, I'm pulling it up right now. I know he had 41. It was like 15 to 21 shooting. Yeah, 41 points on 15 to 21 shooting. Uh, he had nine rebounds, five assists, still in the block. Only three turnovers, only four fouls committed. Now, the one of the crazier stats about that game was as bad of a, you know, as badass of a of a you know a stat line as I just read off of Cade Cunningham. He didn't even lead the team in plus minus. He was only plus five in his plus minus rating. Whereas center, I believe it's uh Isaiah Stewart had plus twelve. And uh, point guard Jaden Ivey was plus 12 as well. Uh, Jalen Duran, the, the the rookie, I believe he's from Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Jaden Duran was plus eight. So you had all those guys who had a better plus minus rating, uh, according to ESPN.com, as opposed to Kate Cunningham, who went off for like a, a stupid stat line, especially for a guy who's only been in the league a couple of years. But um. The Pistons are up to a 27-game losing streak in one season. Uh, they are now 2-28. They are 1-14 at home and 1-14 on the road. So at least they are symmetric. Uh, but outside of that, man, like in basketball, also in basketball, uh, we wanted to touch and hit on uh, LSU's coach Kim Mulkey deciding to hold a game uh, with LSU at Coppin State. 
the significance of this has multiple layers to it. Uh, number yeah. one, um, Coppin State is located in the Baltimore area where Andrew Reese is from. Number two, Coppin State is an HBCU. Um, to ho- hold a game in your star player's hometown is one thing, but to hold it in your star player's hometown at an HBCU so that way they get a for sure sellout. That was something special that Kim Mulkey did. And you're thinking, okay, she's just tipping her hat to her star player. She's playing it up to, you know, the thing, taking advantage of things that's going on, blah, blah, blah. But when she talks about wanting to do this more often, and I believe she spoke about doing it for uh, Southern, who is uh, an HBCU across uh, on the other side of, you know, the the highway there from uh, uh, LSU and Baton Rouge. And, and giving the like proceeds that. to them to the, from right. the game too. That's right. the other big part to help with NIL and stuff right. like that. Being able to recruit better and exactly. I love, and I love to, the whole thing to help pull those programs up. You know, and and that's what I love about uh, the game of women's women's basketball and women's sports. Like there are certain women and and, and men too, for example. But I I love it when. Like they they're they're using their clout for some sort of good. I, I love it when pro athletes, entertainers and people like that, like they use their position to try to like help someone else out in, in, in a similar situation or a lesser situation. And basically what Kim Mulkey is doing is it's like, you know what? I have these star players and star athletes. I have this position. Let me help them and put them in position to help others and let us all as a program come together and, and help and better others. And it just, it, it, to me, it also is going to call some of these other uh, star players, coaches, athletes, programs, what have you into questioning, like, you know, why can't some of y'all do the same thing that we're doing and hopefully at least shame some of them into doing some of similar type of things. But um, I remember when we talked about that, and I saw you wrote it in the rundown. Uh, I was looking to write something else. or I was checking it for something else. And I saw you wrote that in there. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm glad he put this in there because I forgot to put it in there. Yeah, when I seen the story and uh, I was watching uh, ESPN when I seen it, too, and uh, on the Twitter or the X uh, for the young folk. <laughs> Twitter. I, I love the story, though, because like you said, it it shows how much she wants to just not just grow you know the the big league but she wants to bring the little guy up and the fact that it's not one of us doing it you know i mean which means nothing at all personally but i love it because everything you hear about kim mulkey is she's for the people she's for the growth of basketball she's for the growth of women's basketball she's for the growth of just the sport in general and i love it and everybody has always spoken so highly of her. I don't think I've ever seen anything bad being spoken about Kim Oki at all. Like, I've seen some things being spoken bad about her, but not like, not like... Um, Normal coach stuff, I, I would it, guess. It's, it's some stuff like that. There's been some, like, um, some stuff that she did kind of at Baylor. Um, okay. Some things with her, Brittany Griner, and... You know, um, it's just a lot. But 
I'm just glad that she took the time out to do what she did and to like help prop up another program and help prop up some people that are less fortunate than her. Um, and the fact that she wants to continue doing this uh, going forward. Right. Right. That, know, that's Because it's not about win or loss. It's not about, you know, of course, we know LSU is a powerhouse. They're going to blow whoever out. But right, it's not right. about that. It's the fact that they're in town. They know they're going to bring X amount of fans to that game. Especially, again, doing it at Coppin State because that's, you know, mostly everybody in B-more came out to see Angel. I know some people from down this way that went up there. Uh, mm-hmm. They took a couple um, couple coaches, took some girl. Uh, one, it was like a couple girls from, from their teams. Coaches got together and they took their girls up there to watch. Um, it's inspiring for younger girls that are in middle school, high school that's watching them. Um, it's inspiring for a cop in state to get to be able to play that level mm-hmm. of competition. Because again, win or loss is just about the growth of the game. Right. Those girls get some exposure, um, experience against a, a a a better team. Right. You just get a whole overall experience, and not just the money itself that's made uh, that benefits the program, but it's also about those kids getting that experience. And I heard the same thing about, um, uh, when LSU played Grambling earlier this year at, at, at a tiger stadium, um, they, you know, they, like they were talking about how those kids get to get that experience of playing in tiger stadium for a night game, you know, whereas, you know, they, they wouldn't have gotten that experience previously. Uh, so it, it's just it, it, it's it, it's cool for them to get that experience, um, but th- there's just a lot of experiences that you know pro athletes and whatnot get, and athletes in general uh, get to experience, and, and and things that games and the sports that they play, different places that they can take can you. take you, yeah. Uh, yeah, even in college, of, uh, playing your preseason games, a lot of they're going overseas now. They're going, I mean, they've been going overseas, but like even more now, they're doing Japan right. tours, they're doing European tours. There's Italian always been tours. the stuff in like the Bahamas, the Caribbean, and you know, different mm-hmm. stuff like that. Hawaii, like, uh, Hawaii, uh, Mexico, sometimes Canada. Uh, there's even been the ones on the uh, the aircraft carriers and whatnot, like special attraction type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, You've had uh, Notre Dame play football games in in Ireland. Um, So there's a lot of like international stuff as well as, you know, there's other sports that, you know, like travel and do the global things such as boxing. Beautiful segue. (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm kind of a professional. It's kind of sort of. But um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. we boxing. had an international boxing event that took place this past Saturday, which it also seems like the with the ending of uh, Showtime boxing uh, is looking like uh, boxing is headed towards the the princes uh, really jumping in on boxing right now. Mm-hmm. He's capitalizing off of Showtime and nobody in America really like having anywhere to show it. And which is dope. Very dope. Uh, but big heavyweight fights this weekend. 
big heavyweight fights. And you know, it's it's crazy because like that heavyweight card was setting up to be something really special. And the two headliners were uh Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. One went exactly I'd say how we should how it should have went. And the mm-hmm. other one was very surprising. And the, the the thing about it is, I think the thing that made it so surprising again, was it surprising? Well, if you look at his last couple fights, outside of the last one, there was a one round knockout. Outside of that one, was it a surprise? And see, that's where I struggle at because I don't, I don't know if it was actually a surprise. Uh, because when, like you said, when you look at his previous, he's not, he's a puncher. He's not a boxer. Yep. There's a difference. Yep. He's a street fighter. And when you get a guy who's a puncher. His footwork is horrible. Right. Who comes across a boxer. You get a guy who's, who's not as, um, how should I put it? Oh shit! Um, the, the the contrast in styles make a fight, but when you have that great of a contrast and that great of a skill difference, uh-huh. that's when you see what you end up seeing. What, what we saw with Joseph Parker and Deontay Wilder on Saturday. You got a guy who is not that skill. Just to be perfectly honest, he doesn't have those kind of skills uh, offensively or defensively. He just has a really big, heavy handed right hand. Sometimes that left. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sometimes that left will get you, but it's mainly that that big right hand that's his biggest weapon. And he didn't even throw it. (laughs) He didn't even throw it the entire fight. He He was on defense running. Exactly. Entire- that, that that's what I was getting ready to. He spent most of the fight backpedaling. You would think that he was playing corner or safety in the NFL as opposed to being a professional boxer. And I understood it in the first couple of rounds because I was like, mm-hmm. All right, maybe the first two to three, he's filling it out. Mm-hmm. It, you know, them championship rounds, ten to twelve. I was like nine to twelve. I was like, all right, he's going, and he turned it up. He did. He didn't turn it up a little. Not enough, but he turned it up in those later rounds, and I'm like, okay, good, good, good. And then it was nothing. And yep. I'm like, there's no way you thought you were gonna win this, bro. Like that man beat you the entire fight, every round. I think Deontay may have won one round, may have, not even a hundred percent sure. But Brian. he got his ass whooped every round. That wasn't even the best fight. Hell, the uh the Anthony Joshua fight won't even the best fight because Joshua knocked dude he down. He KO'd uh, him in the fifth he round. He KO'd him. because dude corner said, "Nah, we good." Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> think good. that 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 Bivol fight. Miller, I was gonna say the Miller. No, the Bible fight won't won't good either because he dominated too. I think the yeah, Miller really and the did. Boy fight was the one that was like a good back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it in our group chat. I said if this fight goes the distance. It's in Miller's uh, 
favor mm-hmm. because no, I'm sorry, in Dubois' favor because Miller, being the bigger guy, three I think he was three thirty three. He's not built, and he's never been built for long period fight, like long fights. If he doesn't get you knocked out within the first three to four, anything past that, even though it did go twelve, and Miller surprised me that he hung in there, he hung in there till twelve, and then Dubois knocked him out. Um, Dubois, I'm sorry, Dubois knocked him out. Yeah, which was crazy. With like ten seconds of he knocked him out, I was like, damn, bro. And and I missed that one because I was still running around and doing some stuff yeah. and whatnot, and I was like. I was trying to follow it through y'all until I could get back to the house and then put the fights on and stuff when I got in the kitchen and everything. So by the time I started, like, you know, cooking some stuff or, or finished shopping and doing what the couple of little things that I had left to do, like I could sit down and actually watch the fights and everything. And the Bible fight, I caught that one towards the middle, maybe or so. I watched some of that, but then after watching Wilder get just beat up. And I saw Joshua was like just Dominate. beating up on Wallen. I was just like, man, I'm turning this off. Like it's the crazy thing is, this no more. Joshua still wants to fight Deontay because well, he knows that, 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 now he knows he he's seen the formula up close and personal. Now exactly, it's different when I'm watching film on you, but now I'm there, bro. I'm in and the arena. you know, you know, we talked about this long time like, ago. I would hope Deontay would fight Anthony Joshua different. Mm-hmm. I would hope. I, I would hope he would look at him the same way he looked at Fury and let his hands fly a little more. Bro. It, but the one thing I hate about Deontay, his footwork is horrible. It's still bad. After his all this hands, time. if you want to be honest, his hands are horrible. <laughs> he fights like this. Like he's, yes. he's walking up on you like this. Yes. There's no yes. stance. Yes. He's like this. His hands are right here and yes. he swings from this. Yes. And I'm like, yes. What? And I hate Bruh. his trainer. I hate his trainer so much. Like that it, nigga so worried about the porn star wife, or I think they're married now. Oh uh, my god. Former porn star wife. Because I don't think she does porn anymore. <sighs> I'm pretty sure he took her off the set. Um You hey, can't make a whole housewife. I like her movies though. This guy. But like everybody says, he shouldn't have moved from the other trainer. He should have kept the trainer. He's been downhill since he's been with dude. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You won't even that good of a boxer yourself. How the fuck you gonna train somebody? Is that salsa? Check that salsa that I made and see if it's still good. The one that's in the back on the bottom bottom shelf. Man's gonna train somebody and can't win a fight itself. It's wild. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I made that from scratch myself. Like side note, I made like I think I had posted it on Instagram and stuff like a while back, like a couple. I can't remember, but I had made some uh like homemade salsa. It's spicy as fuck. So I'm having my daughter try it with her chips. She about to try it right now. It's not spicy no more. It was spicy when I first made it. Okay, well, maybe it's not spicy no more since I've been sitting in the fridge. Is it good, though? Okay, cool. As long as it's still good. A little little hot sauce to it. (laughs) Hey, um, put some of that. um, If you use the cayenne pepper, put a little bit. But if you use the chili flakes, put more. Uh Uh-huh. 
now she over there choking uh-uh. and then hit I the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard it. She put it in the fridge. She going back upstairs. <laughs> Caught her. Caught her. <laughs> but no, nah, man, like he and and you you we and we talked about this how he holds his hands and how he sways kind of back and forth, but he don't move his feet. Like we've talked about this before with Deontay Wilder, and he has not like changed or grown his skills. And the comp I have for him, and I know some people are gonna see this and relate to this, is Dwight Howard. He's the White Howard. He he's uh-huh. the exact same guy he was when he first came into the league. He'd been in the league, you know, MVP, defensive player of the year, and all this kind of stuff, led a team to a final. You you you've you had accomplishments and you've done things and you have skins on the wall, but you have not grown or evolved since you first got here. And when you don't grow and evolve as a fighter. People already got film on you. They see what you do best. They see what you are not good at. You're a knockout it, artist. You've always right. been a knockout artist, and that's all you right. are. You're a one-trick pony. That's it. He's been a one-trick champion. He was. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's what Mike Tyson was until Mike Tyson had got skill. Mm-hmm. 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 Mike Tyson in the beginning was a knockout artist. His fights ain't last long. I remember the whole thing was, if you order a Mike Tyson fight, you're stupid as hell because it's only going five seconds. It, it, but but this is the thing, though, uh, and this is where I'll book back on that. The reason why I book back on that is because Mike did have skill. Oh, no, no. no. He definitely had Mike, skill. Mike, Mike chose to dispatch his opponents more quickly as opposed to standing in there fighting. And by the time Mike really needed to get in back into his bag, I'll say, because he always had the bag. He just didn't have to go in it very often because he was so much better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But by the time Mike got into a point where he really had to get into his bag, it was because he was his own worst enemy. And the people around him weren't attentive to him and allowed him to fall off. And Mike could have been one of the greatest stories in boxing history. Still ended up as one of them, but he could have been the greatest story in boxing history and fell off because he couldn't he he couldn't stay out of his own way. It is what it is. But speaking of people that can't stay out of their own way. Stupid ass Devin Haney. (sighs) How did I know you were going to? That's crazy. I, 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 I wasn't even going there. I was going somewhere else. Oh, where were you going? We can go to Devin later. Fuck him. He be running. What got on skates? But we ain't gonna talk about that right now. We could talk about that another time. But Roll people that can't stay out of their own way, and we specifically had this set up for a debate because it feels like you and I are falling on two opposite ends of this, and we chose to like, well, let's save it for the pod. Pivoting back to basketball, but someone who can't stay out of his own way, John Morant. And the thing is, is like, Ja, he he messed up once and did something really stupid. 
it was not illegal. It was not illegal. So let's get that part out the way. It, it was kind of illegal because there are lo- certain laws that he did break that he got off on easily. But anyway, let's not get into the weeds. Of it. He did something stupid. It wasn't totally illegal, kind of illegal. He got punished. Okay. Supposedly learned his lesson. Shortly thereafter, he does something stupid yet again. League steps in. They have to discipline him yet again. This time, they're a hell of a lot more heavy-handed. Mind you, they could have been even more heavy-handed than what they were. But they weren't. They were heavy-handed enough to the tune of a 25-game suspension, you know, mandatory counseling, blah, 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 blah. Uh, other night, Ja finally comes back, plays the Pelicans, boom. Uh, Pelicans blow another 10-plus point lead, Jolly's back, game winner at the bus. Uh, last night, Pelicans again in New Orleans. Again. Pelicans blow another lead again. Resistance in overtime. Ja helps him win it at the end of overtime. Four games so, in a row since he's been back. Averaging 28. Hey. We talked about this after the uh, first one. The, the, the boy got skills. He Man. was tired as hell. He, he, Can he, he he needs to get in the basketball shape, but and I mean, he's still only Marcus 24 Smart. years old and still got Marcus it. Smart is back, too. Smart just came back. Did he come back? Was it last night or is he back? I think back? it was the New Orleans game. I think it was the New Orleans game was his first one back. I, I think. Let me look it up right quick because I, I really, I honestly can't remember. Um, Either way, he's back, and that's key for them, too. I think... With Denver, with the West, I ain't gonna just. I'm not gonna particularly go to the top, because like I said, they're at the bottom and they gotta fight their way back in. Mm-hmm. I think he he didn't he came back at a good point where he can help contribute to that team, and they can still make a push. They're gonna lose some games, of course. Yeah, Smart um, played 29 gonna, minutes last night. Okay, which is a lot on a, on a comeback first mm-hmm. game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with them two, with what they have, they didn't lose. Only thing they lost was Dylan Brooks, and they added Marky Smart to take Dylan Brooks' place in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge upgrade in my personal opinion. Um, very huge, a major upgrade actually. Um, they can make some noise in that West. I don't know if it's a deep playoff run noise, and it could be by that by the end of the season or by that point in the season where they've meshed and gelled together in the right way. And that team is young; they're very talented. They can make a a really good push in the West. They could. They could. Um, my only issue is that they are so far back right now that it's going to be a real uphill battle for them Definitely. to uh Not to really climb player. back in it cuz right now they're 10 and 19 it's not bad it's not bad they're four and a half games out of the 10 spot in okay. the west not bad it's not bad 
the current 10th spot in the West, the Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix is Phoenix. And so there's that. Which is crazy. Um, that Phoenix team is 10. Mm-hmm. But hold on, let's get back to Ja for a second. We'll we'll go there too. Right. We okay, got, so like the whole thing with Ja. <clears throat> whole thing with Ja, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to use anybody else of them doing the exact same dance. I'm not going to mention the T. Higgins or anybody mm-hmm. else who did it this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. again, the focus that everybody has had has been on Ja because it's a dance that involves, uh, you know, pointing air guns uh, mm-hmm. in an air bazooka. It is a dance. It's a popular dance that is very popular. I forgot the name of it, but it's very popular in New Orleans right now. Uh, you know, I've seen the videos online prior to Ja doing it. And then Ja did it in New Orleans. It made sense why he did it. But the outrage is because it's Ja, because of everything that's went on with him from last season to this season. And a lot of people, like Jermaine, feel like it was a bad choice of, you know, doing it. But, I mean, there was no league outrage behind it. It's just media outrage, which uh, we're media, but media outrage, you know, we're going to have that. Gives us something to talk about and clickbait and all of that, which is perfectly fine for us. I mean, I feel like it was an innocent dance, very popular dance right now. Uh, he did it in New Orleans. If he, had, I feel like if he had did it any, if he had did that particular dance anywhere else, like in another city, I could almost see the outrage. But because of the timing of him doing it in New Orleans, I'm like, eh, I, I, he was playing to the fans, which they loved it. Mm-hmm. Fans loved it. He was playing more off to them than anything. Being a little disrespectful to the Pelicans at the same time, which I love. You know, it's always dope to do that to a rival team. Um, but there was no league outrage behind it. And I feel like if there's no league outrage, then there's nothing for us to talk about. It's different if Adam Silver is like, hey, hey, Ja. And he may have said something. And Ja may have been able to explain it to him. You know, Adam mm-hmm. Silver's an old white man. So, you know, you got to break it down to him a little bit. Hey. Here's a video. This is what's going on. This is popular right now. We were in New Orleans. It's very easy to break it down to him so there's no issues and no problem. And Adam's like, you know what? Okay. I get it. You're young. It ain't. Too, I can police you to a certain extent. But something like that is like, all right, cool. It's a dance. It's a dance. It's a popular dance in New Orleans. You did it in New Orleans. Had it been in another NBA city, we might. We might. And that's a strong might have something to talk about. But I feel like it's just, it's media outrage from what I've seen. And it's, I know you're going to hate this part. It's old nigga outrage. (laughs) Old old nigga outrage. That's because that's all I've seen. Not you, but even the the older, the guy, the 50s, 60s, I've seen Mm -hmm. them upset and pissed about it. And I'm like, it's because you don't get it. You don't dance. Not you, but them. They don't dance. Right. You know, they barely two-step. Barely two. Right. You don't look your age, so it's fine. But <laughs> that's what it was. Like he just was having fun on his comeback. Let that man like stop making him a headline. Right. Stop micromanaging everything the young boy do. He's young. He a young boy. And 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 this is where I come in with my rebuttal. Go right ahead. Because 
like I, I got told this one guy earlier on Twitter, and, and I'll, I'll get to that later. That's it's, why I called you old nigga. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I don't, sometimes I am, you know, get off my lawn guy. And, you know, it took me a while to warm up to like, like, um, like certain way the game is played now in basketball and, and certain things they do in football now and certain analytics and stuff like that. Excuse me, even in baseball or whatever. It, like it just taking me a while to get used to some shit, but it's like some shit like I just take to immediately. Like there's some people who don't like a lot of uh high spots and what they call flippy shit in wrestling and I happen to like high spots and flippy shit in wrestling. You know, if it's done right, it's done right. If it's overkill, it's overkill, but it's still entertaining. Uh-huh. But my thing is is like you got to look at the optics and the way things look at perception and perception isn't always reality. And that's where I think people get things twisted is because they think it's just this to you is just that, but to other people, it may not be just this. And so you have to have more of a a global 360 view of things than just put on your blinders and like, I'm just looking here. And that's, you know, I, that's more or less leading kind of into what my rant is for this week. But it's like, you can't be so one track minded to think that well, this should, well, why are you doing this? And you should, this should be okay. And this should be fine. And and it's like in a vacuum. Yeah. Some of that stuff is probably totally cool. It's probably okay. There's no issue with it at all. But like I was telling the guy earlier, the people that you named are horrible examples simply because none of them have been suspended, arrested, investigated, placed on trial or anything like that for anything involving a gun flashing a gun or assault or you know anything like that we just saw footage of ja in a courtroom and it wasn't even anything to do with the gun incidents it was because he allegedly assaulted a teenage kid over a pickup basketball game which was an old case from like before of course they're just now Going to court no, 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 but I'm just saying it, 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 it's old and the case happened whenever, but it still speaks to the character of the person behind these actions. So all of that fits into the public perception. That shit could have happened, you know, five years ago and the trial is just now happening. It still fits into the perception that you're this, you know, off the hinges knucklehead who's just going around willy-nilly flashing guns and hitting people. Like, if if people who don't really know you and know your story and your background and where you came from and all of this and that, and the th- if people don't know that and they just look at you in a vacuum of your celebrity, what image of you do they have other than this guy who's off the rails? Those are some of the same people who are going to buy and support the companies and products that they're going to pay you to push for your name, image, and likeness. 
if those people have a negative viewpoint of you, those companies can't have you as a pitch man. You're not getting paid as much. If you're no longer as marketable, then, and you're just a basketball player, quote unquote, then you start to fail to be an asset to the league that you're in. And if you keep causing enough of those problems and issues, well, then now the league that you're in is going to feel like, well, we got to sit your ass down, which is exactly what already happened. All I'm trying to say is, is you have to be careful and you have to craft an image and you have to be protective of said image if you want to best take advantage of what you have to offer as far as your skill and your celebrity. You can better do that when you keep yourself out of trouble. When you get yourself in trouble, the best thing is to do is to repent, go on the PR tour and keep everything clean. You have to keep your nose clean. You can't fall off. You can't relapse. You can't have any of those issues, hiccups and other because you've already kind of sold or sullied your reputation. When you've already done something like that and then you add on top of that, like I'm coming back from suspension, I'm balling out, everybody's having a good time, I kept the receipts, all that's going on. And then you do a celebration mimicking a gun motion when you've gotten in trouble for guns, it's just not the smartest thing to do. It just ain't. But I mean, hey, what do I know? I'm just old nigga on the podcast. I was waiting for him to say that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, but I definitely, I, I, from a business standpoint, I definitely understand what you're saying though. Um, it optics, it can be, it can be perceived the wrong way. But I think, like today, once everything was explained of what was, like, social media is a. A gift and a curse, of course. Um, I think today it was a, a good gift just because while Ja was also tweeting, like everybody else kind of was like, I mean, hey, it was a dance. Here's the dance. This is what, you know what I mean? This is why he did that. This is kind of showing other pe- other celeb- uh, sports stars that were doing it also uh, all weekend. So I guess you could look at it, even though the gritty doesn't have, yeah it doesn't have gun emotions but in a sense the same thing like you know something popular that everybody was doing but I also understand what you're saying about the optics of it being Ja like I said everything about Ja right now is under a microscope they're gonna that man could tie his shoe in a way that makes it look like he put a gun up while he was tying his shoe and people people gonna zoom in and be like look you put a gun up look put a gun up Sloan Sloan said it perfectly we had to explain to whites and old blacks like and that's, you that's, gotta explain shit. We should not, hey man. We you always gonna have to explain the whites and old blacks though. But but this is what I'm saying though. We like, about to be old. If, we about if to be he old was blacks. just if he was just doing any other dance and it didn't mimic a gun motion, you're still explaining. But you're just like, oh, that's a that's this dance or also, from this song or TikTok. But I also think if it wasn't if it wasn't a, a current popular one. I feel like that's where the issue may be. I think it's easier to explain just because it's a current right now popular thing in New Orleans. And he was in New Orleans. I think it's easier to explain and easier to be like, hey, this is why it was done. And it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I don't think there's much of an outrage from, 
you know, the league and from sponsors and regardless that his job, I don't think there's much of an outrage when it's even though he shouldn't have to explain, he does have to explain right now. But it's an easy thing to explain. It's an easy thing to go into a meeting with whoever may have said something today and been like, hey, and you know what I would do? I'm sitting on the other side of the desk and you trying to you come to me with that explanation. I'm not even about to come on to come to you at at at, at old nigga thing. I'm gonna come at you from somebody who grew up there, as somebody who's seen what gun violence has done to people in that city, and seen what it's done to my own personal family. And you're gonna sit up here and tell me you was just doing a dance it that a mimicked dance. a gun motion you because you were dance, in bro? New Orleans. Bro, Did you watch it, the whole it, dance? It don't even matter. To I'm me. just asking. Because I'm just asking. It's, it's, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it all. Okay. But this okay. is my thing. You can't sit up here and tell that to somebody like me and try to explain that away to me and think that I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, fuck it. You just do it. Nah. Because the thing is, is where did it come from? Where's the culture and the history behind it? There's more of a meaning behind it than just, it's just this. And it's like, you... Bottom line, you you did something stupid involving a gun and you mimic something that looked like a gun motion like that's not the smartest thing to do. For example, Brandon Miller, uh, rookie for the Charlotte Hornets last year when he was involved in uh, uh, bringing a teammate, his gun and the teammate used his gun to kill somebody. He comes back from being suspension investigation away from the team. And does a pat down thing in the pregame lineup? I remember. Like, bro, seriously? Like, seriously? Like, come on, use your brain. You use your brain. Like that. That's that's all I'm saying. Like <laughs> any other athlete does this. Hey, though, I hate that I have the chat right here because I see it right when it pops up. I hate slow. See, I hate slow so goddamn much, bro. Bro, this is why your ass can't come on the board. Exactly, exactly. Right, fucking there. Nigga said that's a ooh. You know, like I was saying, that was a D Wade. That was a D Wade to LeBron. (laughs) Hey man, RIP to that young lady. I'm sorry, it's not funny. It's not. uh, It's really not. But I'm just saying, like violence is not funny, guys. I just want to put that. That shit really ain't. But. It, it's just the simple fact that you you have that that type of disregard, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you you're not thinking about this. It's like you did the first thing, and everybody thought, okay, he's learned his lesson. Then you did the second thing, and then you got a bigger suspension, and it's like, okay, he's learned his lesson. And then you do this, and it's like. And then you hear his dad say, well, he still has the same group of friends. And uh, but then you hear Josh say, I didn't talk to nobody while I was out, but my teammates. Like you still have to. I mean, I feel like still (laughs) I feel like still having the same group of friends. But also. During that time, if he only talked, I can believe he only talked to his teammates. But I can also believe that 
He had a couple niggas around him. I mean, let's be real. You ain't about to be in total seclusion that entire time. Like, and even even the friends, as we remember uh, from that very last video, the one that he, when he was in the car, his homeboy dropped the phone quick and was on his ass. Like, hey, bro, what the fuck is you doing? But so he don't have bad people around him. My thing would be, yeah, you dropped the phone. But you were already on live. Y'all knew there was a gun in the car. Why would he have access to the gun that's in the car? Knowing what he already went through. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. And you know this. We we know uh, athletes and people with money. As much as you want to be the, the, the no man mm-hmm. in that group. Mm-hmm. The no man gets outcast. <laughs> the no man gets sent home. So the no man sometimes turns into the yes man or the quiet man mm-hmm. because you don't want to get sent home. You, you trying to stay on the road with everybody else. You trying to have right. fun, enjoy the perks, and you just shut up. And it happens all the time. Like every not every celebrity is strong is strong minded enough to handle the no man. That's where the problem comes in. A lot of them can't handle that guy that's like, they need it. I feel like every celebrity needs that one person, just one. It'd be great mm-hmm. if you had more, but at least just that one person that's like, hey, bro. And I'm, I'm, pass it to me. the main pass reason why me. I'm saying that is because a lot, there was, there were certain situations where you right, I Sloan, was, it's not. It, it's not illegal to have a gun. No, it's not. But, when and I'm pretty sure his is legal, which is why I slightly don't understand the suspensions, which makes me think maybe it isn't legal. But then there was no, there was no like police presence about it, or like he didn't get like in trouble. So I'm like, well, I'm here, here's the thing: if you're not legally licensed or whatever to have the gun in Colorado, which, which is that where, isn't your home state, that's where it started. Yeah, and you're not supposed to travel on team sponsored, you know, uh, and that was the biggest part, which was the biggest part. And I understood, I fully understood that one because I was like, by that point, you got team security, even if you got your own personal security, mm-hmm. they should be the ones holding, not you, right? And then, Gilbert Arenas, if you didn't learn from Gilbert Arenas alone, why are you doing this inside of a sh- Rip club, like you, you have a gun in a club around alcohol, around strippers. But you got the gun and on the strippers, strippers like that. That that right there, and you have to understand, you're a multi-millionaire athlete, former number two pick in the NBA draft, one of the future, if not current, faces of the league. Like you have a bigger responsibility than just a normal average citizen. Like, if that was me or you, and we have we're regular people with regular jobs, quote unquote, probably isn't a huge issue with your employer, depending on your job. When you're a multi million dollar investment, an employee of a multi billion dollar company. With as high profile as you are, it's a the rules are different at that level. I'm sorry, it is what it is, and there's shit that 
people like us could get away with that them dudes can't. It just is what it is. That's life. You trade being normal and being able to go about your everyday life and live how you want to live for being a multimillionaire and being a very famous professional athlete and being able to play a game and make a living. That's generational wealth for you and your family. You get that while I get to go run in Target and buy uh, whatever the hell makeup kit or some shit my daughter needs for school. Like, I, I get to do that, and I get to run to uh, 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 HEB and grocery shop in peace with my AirPods on because I don't want people talking to me, and then I don't recognize my little cousins when they bump into me in the store. Like, I get to do that. You don't get to do that. But at the same time, your paycheck and my paycheck in my house and your house, they look way different. Way different. Oh, we are not the same. We are not the same. So we can't expect to have the same experiences. And that's kind of also part of my rant for this week is that a lot of the times when these celebrities and these athletes get in trouble, we hold them to standards that we hold ourselves to. And we have to understand that they're on a different playing field than what we are. Uh There's a lot of shit that we can do and get away with that they can't. And there's a lot of shit that they can do and get away with that we can't. We can't. Yep. You know, um, for example, perfect example, uh, if I was pictured uh, with a girl and she was supposedly 15, 16 at the time, like Josh Giddy was, and that was posted on my social media and I was, you know, maybe even 18, 19, I'd be in jail. The book would be thrown at me and I would be fighting for my life. Uh-huh. Josh Giddy is still on the NBA roster, still getting paid. White and foreign. I'm just saying. Uh, we could speak to it <laughs> in the you? black community because R. Kelly got away with it for Don't like 30 years. Boy. In plain sight, too. In plain, I mean, out in the fucking open for everybody to see and everybody knew and nobody our resident, uh Our resident Chicagoan is in the comments. He can attest to that. In the open and nobody said shit. He told us how this shit would go. He said the nigga would pull up in fancy cars and fur coats to high school basketball games. Parked in the front of the gym. In the front of the gym. And nobody did nothing about it. So this is what what kills me. What he said, the McDonald's after school? Yes, bro. Like, he remembers this shit because he's seen it happen. He's seen it happen. So I didn't and this was 20, 30 years ago. So let, let's stop with that fake. But let's outrage. go back. But let's like, be real. Let's go back. Is it, is it, let's happened? go back even further than that. You got uh you got Elvis. What? You got uh what's the nigga that had the movie made about him? Uh Great Balls of Fire. Uh, uh Jerry Lee Lewis. Jer- Jerry Lee married his cousin. His didn't, little cousin. His little cousin. Uh, he was like 13 Elvis, or 14. Elvis married Elvis had relationships with several underage women. Um, and I believe uh Lisa Marie's mom was underage when she had her. I want to say she was 15. I think she was 16 or 17 when she Something had her, right but when when they she, I did the deed she recently to just conceive died. her, she was under late. She was underage. I didn't realize that she just uh she just passed away recently. 
I was, it's crazy, bro. Like it'd be shit she's like been that. Be, so she's been so far under the radar that you don't even be knowing. It. You don't even it. be knowing. But it's like let, let's let's stop with the fake and selective outrage. Like this shit ain't been happening, and people just ain't been talking about it because hey, it's been happening. Grand, our great grandparents, great 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 grandparents, at least got 10, 15 years between them. I'm not saying <laughs> it's right. Come not on. condoning like, it. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying, you know. We we need to stop like acting like like if, if it's if it's now become more prevalent and more known just because it's out there. Okay, that's one thing, but let's stop acting like this is brand new and we need to bring this issue to the forefront. We need to talk about it, we need to find a solution to it. No, this shit been happening. Y'all just not want to talk about it because everybody has a phone in their hand that gives them access to everybody else. And so now when you're saying all this shit, it has more legs. But the shit been happening. Um, it, it's just it's just crazy to me, like how some of this stuff ends up playing out and working out and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, just looking at everything in a vacuum, like things have been crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we have that we could be thankful for. And, like, you know, it's Christmas holiday season. It's our lucky 13, last episode of the year. Last episode of the damn year. We're just thankful that we made it to 13 episodes we made it to the end of the year. Uh and we didn't kill each other. Y'all didn't tune us out. <laughs> yeah, man. 2024 is gonna be amazing. We got some hot stuff coming. Yes, we got some things coming where we probably gonna get into some debates where we're gonna really disagree on some stuff. Yeah, we and, ain't disagreeing uh, too much. Yeah, it's been friendly. We yeah, we we've kept it friendly so far. So like, far. But we we got like a list of topics and stuff where we already know we're going to disagree like crazy. So, (laughs) but I will say, um, just give you all a little insight into 2024. Um, Definitely with um, us being in different areas, uh, being able to cover a lot of sports in our areas, bringing that to you guys more in 2024. Definitely. Um, Jermaine's always at some game. <laughs> yeah, I'll be trying. So definitely being able to like bring that to you guys a lot more as far as on the YouTube, um, uploading the footage that we're able to, because you know, mm-hmm. of course, um, most of the sports, if you have a media pass or anything like that, it's a lot harder to um, use a lot of the footage from the game when you're there for media. Yeah, um, so, I got to double check with. Um the Texans media thing. Cause I, I keep forgetting to check their uh, media guy. Cause like I was there and I got some stuff from D'Amico after his post game press conference. And I think Nico Collins, uh, the audio wasn't that good on the Nico Collins stuff, but the D'Amico stuff had pretty good audio on it, but I got to get with them Astros and Rockets just in case I go and cover anything else to see what I can use here. But, um, yeah, I, uh, um, I mean, it ain't big, so I can talk about it. I definitely uh, been in contact uh, with um, the Richmond Kickers here, with the uh, Richmond 
um, Flying Squirrels, which is a that's uh, the minor, uh, league, the minor league baseball of, uh, team. Giants. Yeah. Yes, bruh. Yeah. Yes. So minor um, league Richmond baseball is so much fun. It is. I go to I go to Flying Squirrel games as a fan all the time just to go. Games are mm-hmm. cheap, but uh, it's always a good time. It's fun. Uh, great family um, atmosphere. So, um, been in constant uh, email back and forth with them. <clears throat> um, so closer to the season, uh, a lot of NASCAR stuff coming up between here and North Carolina. I'm excited. Yes. That that is gonna be, bro. I that one is gonna be better to because I'm that. not going in. I'm technically <laughs> not going in as media. Yeah. So I, I can definitely <laughs> use all the footage I get. Yeah. But it's gonna. Wait, yes. 2024 is going to be amazing, man. Not just here, um, across the whole, um, the whole, the whole network. network bro. The uh, whole network. Boys. I love what my brothers over there is doing. Um, like, hopefully, legit, we start shout out to sponsors because uh, this jersey that Hennessy. he's putting together is stupid. Hennessy, talk to me, Hennessy. What's up? Um, <laughs> I need that Hennessy sponsor. Call me. I we legit, need that I have a blanket made out of your blue. bags and the material recycled materials from Crown Royal bags. Man, I still I got so many need, Crown Royal shirts from like events we did bro, here. It's crazy. I still got Hats, I still got a bunch blank, of bags. Uh, I'm a, uh, I got a banner somewhere. Shall won't let me put I'm, it up, but I got a banner I'm a, somewhere. I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you a picture of it. I, I used it when I did Sucio Boys a couple of times. But um, I, I got that. It's like a couple of little things, but like A Hun is doing these custom jerseys, and he's also about to start customizing shoes. So if you follow us, you follow the network. Like I know you have access to it. Like I wanted. Hold up, let me pull it up. It's. Because I, I know I'll read it wrong. Y'all know how I am about reading, trying to read shit and make sure I read it the right way. I hate when I mess up and it pisses me off. So it's at a underscore hun underscore the Shogun on Twitter. Uh, get at him and he will customize your jerseys, T-shirts, hats, tennis shoes, uh, whatever it is. Just get at him. But he'll give you that um but you're going to be looking for a lot from Sucio boys from um aim high from the dre lags podcast from uh, a different angle four corners of commentary uh here with us at Sucio sports uh the a hun shogun soccer sit down um there's just a lot coming and there's a lot more coming from everybody there's a couple on the more podcasts and there's there, a few, more, that there's a the few more that's being talked about and like I, i'm not gonna say nothing i'll say i, I think 2024 is gonna be big for the guys man. I, I, definitely i don't i don't know if we can say but i mean it's some shit about to pop off that's all i can say and y'all would be wise to stay tuned in and plugged in with everything that's going on um, please do Please uh, shout out and big up to all the sponsors of everybody on the network. Uh, there, there could potentially be and probably will be, and most likely is going to be more sponsors and stuff coming in the coming year. Uh, so please plug in, tap in, stay tuned with that. 
Um, shout out tonight to Black Wrestling for the um the slick t- the, the slick sweatshirt. I'm about to say, yeah, you know, uh, the wrestling club, we got, bro. I, I hey, man, still got, I got order all me year. one. I need um, some new ones. I've been thinking one. about ordering the red. I think so, I ran this one into the ground. <laughs> well, because like I got them, 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 them ones, the the mid ones that's red and black. Uh-huh. But then I also got a pair of the cherry elevens that will go good with that hoodie right there. I wear. I mean, I got hella red shoes, so I wear them already. But does you definitely, bro? That's that hoodie with any pair of Toros. Yep, I want the black jeans. one too. I just need to order. <laughs> I just need to order some more. That's all. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> got to order one of those. But but um, hey, on top of ordering, if you guys want to throw us any merch that we can wear while we are on our said podcast right here, I let us. Like I'm just saying, cause us. I told math. I, I hit when I hit math. I was like, "Hey, bro, I need I'm that slick sweatshirt." But I need a two X, and the shit better fit me. And Cuz was like, "I got you." He was like, "Cuz, don't worry about it. I got you." And I was like, "All right, I appreciate you. Thank you for making sure I, my my shit fit me correctly." And uh, but yeah, man, if y'all got some merch, holla at us, get at us. Sit, you know, send it to us. We will trust me. We will be more than happy to shout you out and, and wear it on the pod multiple episodes. Like I don't care. I will just wear it just for just to record, take it off, put it on the hanger, and then put it back on the following Tuesday, Wednesday. So, but as usual, we appreciate y'all for sticking with us. Um, we come to y'all once a week uh, on the pod. We we like to go live just to have that extra you know, interpersonal interaction with y'all, but you can still find it on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your your podcast where you stream from. Uh, we're always live on YouTube. You can always pull it up on the YouTubes. Uh, we even go live on our Twitter account, at Sucio Sports. That's S-U-C-I-O-S-P-O-R-T-Z, because we try to be a little bit different. But um, you can find, just Google cdb multimedia and it will pull up click on it follow it subscribe like it share it all of that good stuff uh but for keys for myself for everybody else on the network so 13 Lucky episode 13. 13 was great and we had a good time and everything these first and 13 have been amazing can't wait for 2024 next week <clears throat> episode 14 we're gonna start it with a banger i don't know what we're gonna do yet i got a couple days to think about it but might be a guest yeah. might be my first episode of the year we might bring we might bring the crew back just for the first one. we, we might, might, might have to, to first. we and might it's live. have to and we're, we're on youtube now so is it, it it could get it could get real stupid the crew was here <laughs> when we were just recording we were pre-recording <laughs> Y'all ain't seen Dre on here in a while. Oh man! Or Sucio boys, the so, most yeah, egregious man saying. on the internet. <laughs> man, man, that we might do that. We might bring the crew back for next week. Might, Bro, we might we add in a couple. Do. Who else? I don't know. We, might, we might have a couple other people. I don't know. We, we gotta have to rotate. Do something, man. We got to do something. Week. 
We gotta do something. Might have a lineup for the first one. We should have did that tonight. I feel like we should have ended the year with the team. That was our bad. We won't. Yeah, we should have, but we should. It was, but but like it it was one of them weeks. Like, like yesterday, like you wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good. So we was like, all right, we're just gonna do Wednesday. And then Wednesday, I was was like, all right. I was worn out from birthday parties all weekend. Well, birthday party because it was two kids, one party. Yeah. Uh, Christmas putting shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been tuckered. Then Tuesday <laughs> I couldn't do I couldn't do nothing. Like I'm just like, bruh. Then it's been raining here and it, it's just been the thing. Today was a lot it was the same. I ain't gonna lie. I barely as I know y'all saw me. I yeah. barely got to do this. I mean like I gotta be like the pioneer to the street, you know. I, I, I was clapping that Chris Dow like y'all niggas throw those shit. You know? Huh? That platinum shit. Old nigga on the inside, man. I'm old nigga. This is a special shout out on the outro song. To when people try to come at me on Twitter. You some imaginary player ass nigga. I swear. Because if you don't come at the game, and it's like, I don't know why people be coming at me because I'm not coming at y'all. I'm just saying how I feel. And like I said before, I get paid for my opinion when I write. So like I legit, I legit get paid for my opinion. Like I can actually say that. And for y'all to come at me and think that I'm just gonna clam up, hold up, ah man. You shoot, I shoot back. You throw a rock, I'm going to shoot a pistol. You shoot a pistol, I'm going to bring your grenade launcher. You bring a grenade launcher, I'm going to bring a rocket launcher. You bring a rocket launcher, I'm throwing nuclear bombs. I'm always going to go one worse than what you're willing to go. I'm willing to go there. You're not. When I see him in the street, I don't see none of that. Damn, playboy. What the fuck is the hum ass? Where's all the ice with all the platinum under that? Those ain't Rolex diamonds. What the fuck you done to that? That rapping ass niggas, y'all funny to me. Selling records being you, but still you want to be me. I guess for every buck you make, it's like a hundred for me. Episode 13. Got something on me, but I done did it. And y'all want to take my flow and run with it. That's cool. I was the first one. I ain't going to go too hard. Still but I still think that somebody else is just shut the fuck up and, and I don't want watch y'all to get it Shut up! How, how you think you feel? Pull up in your 4.0 with your bitch. I pull up in your 4.6 with my bitch. You see me? Bump in some other shit. You know? Some other shit. You probably hop on my dick right there, right in front of your bitch. Ask me some stupid shit like, yo, yo, dog. What's the difference between a 4.0 and a 4.6? Like 30 to 40 grand cops up a beat it. And on that note, uh-uh. we'll see you niggas next week. Later. Next year, niggas. Next, next year. year. Next year. Next year.